Hey everyone, welcome to the EdUp Marketing Series, where we talk about everything marketing in education. Let's go. Welcome. Hey, Dr. Hashim, how's everything going? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. So you're at um, Cal State Bakersfield, correct, as the Director of Marketing Communication? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about how you got into the space. What brought you to higher ed marketing? Yeah, so I actually studied journalism as an undergrad. Um, I started getting published in local newspapers as an undergrad, and then I uh, got a full-time job as a reporter when I graduated, and I did that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I really value good journalism still mm-hmm. to this day, uh, I wasn't quite fulfilled, and I felt that um, the industry, the local industry was really lacking. And so I decided to do uh, to go back to school and get my master's. And while I was getting my master's degree, I fell into a, a digital media and communications job for the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I slowly worked my way up while I was getting my master's and um, eventually got my doctorate in educational leadership, I moved to a different university. But that's kind of how I fell into it, just um, using my background in journalism and communications um, combined with like my passion for higher ed. I think it just worked out really well. How does how does all of that blend in? I know there's a lot. I mean, marketing is is huge. And, you know, if you're mm-hmm. at Cal State Bakersfield, there's a campus of 10,000 students or something, and you have a campus to market to, you have different disciplines, you have yeah. different, you know, schools, um, and you have external audiences for recruitment, admissions. How do you balance and navigate all of that? I mean, it's definitely a lot. You know, we, uh, so I'm the director of marketing for the, and communications for the entire institution. Uh, which means, you know, we support uh, alumni relations, we support fundraising, we support recruitment. So we have various audiences that we're balancing out. Uh, But we are housed within the division of university advancement, which primarily is concerned with external relations, uh, fundraising, alumni engagement and whatnot. And I've been fortunate both at both at uh, Cal State Bakersfield and at the previous institution I worked at where I would say that our primary focus um, was more of the external audience in terms of alumni, donors and whatnot. We didn't, at both institutions I worked at, we don't really have too much of a student recruitment problem. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that we do have more of a focus on, you know, like I said, alumni engagement, philanthropy, fundraising. Um, so that kind of uh, defines our strategic priorities as a department, but we are still pulled in a lot of different directions. Yeah. We still collaborate with our enrollment management team, recruitment, uh, mm-hmm. overall brand campaigns for the university. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot to juggle, especially yeah. when you're operating in a you know centralized model like that. Yeah. What does university fundraising look like? How does that all work? Who do you reach out to and... What is sort of the process? What makes somebody give to a university? Yeah. So most universities have a development office, which is essentially a fundraising team. And that consists of uh, major gift officers, annual giving professionals who focus on more, um, you know, small times get small time gifts, just uh, getting new donors to give to the university. Uh, you have planned giving officers who focus on estate, estate planning, people leaving the university in their will. So there's a lot of I'd say primarily it's about relationship building. Um, 
and you know development officers are amazing at that but there's a lot of marketing that goes into it as well and yeah. i'd say in all of my roles in higher ed marketing and development needs to work hand in hand with one another uh, whether it be on ensuring that when they're writing major gift proposals that it's on brand and accurate mm -hmm. uh, solicitations things like digital fundraising we've yeah. done uh, the marketing for our giving days uh, crowdfunding campaigns there's so much that goes into um fundraising and so much marketing that goes into fundraising so i think it's really important for marketing teams and development teams to work hand in hand with one another ultimately my goal is to help elevate the university build the brand of the university uh, increase people's affinity for the university and when mm -hmm. you increase that affinity people are then going to be loyal to the university and mm -hmm. they're going to want to support it whether it be through fund uh, giving or you know dedicating their time and talents for the university yeah, yeah this is a really interesting point you mentioned about brand i mean interestingly enough so my first half of my career was in fundraising digital fundraising alongside that aspect the second half was in student enrollment but one of the trends that happens in both sides of the house is that there's a there's a um a challenge in understanding how to communicate the brand so being that you're such a large institution, how do you communicate the brand? Does, this, does it mean everything sounds the same or is it finding new ways to communicate the same sort of feel? Well, I think it's important to note that, I mean, you obviously know because you're in the field, you know what brand means, but I think a lot of people in higher ed don't know even what a brand really means. People think mm -hmm. that that means a logo and that's not what a brand mm -hmm. is. A brand is the positioning of a university is all of it. It's, it's what makes it unique and what makes it different from a different institution. And mm -hmm. so at Cal State Bakersfield, what we did is we um, did the first ever brand study for the institution where mm -hmm. we really investigated who we are as a university and what that means. And of course that then translated into a new logo, new fonts, uh, academic seals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And really what we've been trying to do um, is educate people in the campus community about the brand and what that means. Um, and so that goes, of course, there are things that are important, like logo usage. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, use the logo incorrectly. Make sure you're using the right colors and fonts, things that are, you know, very simple that create a very consistent look and feel. Uh, but like you said, it's also just about the tone and it's mm -hmm. about what brand pillars we bring to life in our communications. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely think there's room for creativity yeah. when it comes to communicating the brand. Um, it just it, it requires educating the campus community mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, let's get a little bit deeper on that point because that's a big sticking point <laughs> in, in higher education, sure. especially in marketing and a lot of academic side, you know, the academic side of the house tech sometimes has a different idea of brand and marketing side, operation side has a different idea. Mm -hmm. So how do you bring it all together? How, what is that process like um, yeah. in, in developing the brand, but then also uh, become brand advocates? How do you advocate for that brand? I think one of the things that's important is to make people feel like they're a part of the brand. What we did at Cal State Bakersfield is when we did our brand study, we invited constituents from across different units on campus. We invited administrators, faculty, staff, donors, board members, students, alumni, uh, so many different groups that are connected to the university. We brought them to the table to participate in brand study, to participate in the focus groups mm -hmm. so that they can feel like they're a part of the brand. And it's not just a surface level thing we're doing. Oh, so that they can, you know, feel like they're part of it. Really, we needed that data from them. They are the representation of the university. So we had to, to in order to find out and uncover what the university brand is, we needed them. 
Um, and so I think that's really important to make mm -hmm. them a part of the process. And then when we did go into translating that data into a new visual identity, we tried to communicate with them along the way and give them updates on where we're at. Mm -hmm. uh, when we developed new logo options, we uh, sent that out to the campus community to vote and we got thousands of people mm -hmm. voting on the logo that they uh, you know, wanted. Um, we had a, a cabinet support. I think support from administration is crucial because there's always, no matter what you do, if you're rebranding a university or you're doing any type of brand study, there's going to be pushback. There's going to be people who are resistant to change. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have your administration supporting you. And we were lucky enough to have that. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, you know, now one of the things that we're launching is a brand ambassador program where people um, we invite the campus community to join a series of sessions for about a year. It's basically a professional development opportunity. And after a year, they like kind of graduate and they earn this, you know, brand ambassador certificate where they can then take what they've learned about the brand and put it back into the work that they're doing uh, for the university. How, how long was that process to do all of that? The rebrand process, we started in summer of 2020. Um, we launched our new brand in October, 2021. So a little bit over a year. It was so a pretty a deep process. Yeah. 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 And it was, it's pretty, it's still pretty aggressive of a timeline considering it was a complete institutional rebrand. Um, and we didn't use any external vendors or agencies or anything. We did it completely in house. Interesting. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a, why, why that option over the other versus an external um, you know, we felt like that we had the resources to do it in-house. We're also, um, you know, we're a public institution. We're not a, a large, too large of an institution or probably mid-size. We don't have the marketing budget that uh, a lot of institutions do. Um, and I'm really proud of our team to be able to do so much with so little, um, especially in, in a time, you know, COVID was hitting uh People, you know, thankfully we didn't, you know, let anyone go at our university, mm -hmm. but we heard from other, other campuses, that people were being let go because of budget cuts. And mm -hmm. I think it wouldn't have been appropriate to use such a large amount of money um, for an agency when we had the resources to do it in-house. That's definitely interesting. You know, one conversation, which probably is not uh, a conversation maybe among Cal States, but other universities that are smaller, Mm -hmm. They're trying to find their brand voice because it also helps their enrollment. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it, it supports their long-term uh, enrollment objectives, but it takes time and a lot of um, small universities don't have that resource. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely one of those challenges in, uh, in higher ed. Yeah. Um, so in your career in higher education, what are some uh, obstacles you say, what are some common obstacles you've seen? I think that universities are very bureaucratic. Um, I've worked at two public universities in the Cal State system, um, mm -hmm. and I've been, I believe in the Cal State. I'm a product of the Cal State, mm -hmm. believe in, in, in the work that we're doing. Um, but at the end of the day, we are working for government, really. Mm -hmm. And because of that, sometimes things are slow to get done. Yeah. Um, and and that, I think that's a big challenge that you have to deal with. There's a lot of processes and protocols mm -hmm. uh, to, to to go through. Um, and I think another challenge is, you know, you and I were kind of talking offline about just the lack of diversity in mm -hmm. um, higher ed marketing. Um, I think that there is a movement of people trying to uh, diversify the field. And I think that's really important. Um, but that's kind of 
that's something that I really care about, something I did my dissertation on diversity mm -hmm. and social justice and in, in higher ed marketing. And, and um, what is the reason behind the lack of diversity? Is it just people hiring people that look like them or what's, yeah, I think they not want new students? Because I feel like the university is so diverse. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, international students, you have different perspectives, but why do they not expand their diversity amongst their marketing teams? Yeah, you know, marketing teams, when you look at higher ed marketing teams, the majority of them come from kind of two professional areas. A lot of them come from the journalism sector. So when you look at the journalism sector on a national scale, it's still majority white, you know, the newspaper writers, the videographers, photographers, those are still, the news world is still predominantly white. And then you look at the marketing field itself or the advertising field, and that's also predominantly white. It is more female than male, but uh, males are more likely to be in positions of power. Um, and so I think that that just, that ends up translating into higher ed marketing because the mm -hmm. people who are going into these fields tend to be uh, white, then they get hired in these fields and, and people are also more likely to have an unconscious bias towards people who look like them. Um, and, and I think that that just perpetuates in higher ed marketing. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's also just a de definitely a, a difficult conversation to even have, like being from an immigrant family, being able to explain that to other immigrants, like what exactly is a career in marketing? What, is that, what does that entail? I mean, there's just automatically this whole idea, oh, marketing, you're going to, what are you going to do, put ads in the newspaper and sell mm -hmm. cars or something? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in higher ed marketing specifically for over seven years. And I think this is the first year my family understands what I do for a living <laughs> for a long time. I think they, they knew I had a good job. They're like, she has mm -hmm. a good job, but they didn't really know what it was or what that meant. Yeah, it's definitely uh, confusing. And the digital aspect makes it even more confusing yeah. or maybe easier to make it digestible than yeah. Then you get confused to be a, just being an influencer, right? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You're just an influencer at some university. Yeah, yeah. That I, influencer is—that's hard to describe to immigrant families what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so my final question to you is: What do you see for the future of higher ed marketing? What do you think the next step is for universities? We have a real struggle across the board when it comes to enrollment, um, decline when it comes to the value of just a bachelor's degree. Right. And then you have a lot of people questioning whether they should just go an alternative route. What should universities do different to communicate their value, which there's a lot of value, but what do they need to do different? Yeah. I mean, I think when you're communicating to students, you need to think about what kind of students you're recruiting. Um, like I said, I'm from the Cal State system. We tend to have a more diverse student base. We tend to have students of lower socioeconomic status. So I think it's always going to be important to highlight the resources that are available to them. Um, you know, Research shows that students of color look for different resources at a university than predominantly white students do. Um, so you need to talk about the multicultural resources you have. If you have, you know, LGBTQ plus Pride Center, for example, that's something that a lot of Gen Z uh, students care about. Uh, financial aid resources, things like that, that make your campus unique. Um, but I think also it's about meeting students where they are and constantly being creative, um, which I think is a challenge because, you know, social med media and digital media gets more and more sophisticated by the hour, really. And it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up to, you know, with where students are at, what they're using. Yeah. Uh, for example, my institution doesn't have a TikTok right now. We don't have capacity, but 
I'm even in my personal life, I'm on TikTok. So yeah. I, it's important that we meet students where, where they are. And I think that's where you, you need to invest in digital media in that way. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned TikTok. Last year, my presentation at the AMA was on TikTok, how to use TikTok effectively. And I did all the research. I had a personal TikTok and all that stuff. Yeah. They're like, can you send us an example of your university TikTok? And I was like, we don't have the resources yet to do TikTok like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and it's the same here. And it, it, I see some universities and they're doing it so well. Um, but it does, it takes, it takes resources. It takes staff time. It takes research. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with TikTok versus other platforms, which takes a lot more effort, is nailing down the trends, the creativity, all of that. Like, you know, everyone knows you can post something on Instagram decent and get some engagement. Yeah. Same thing on LinkedIn. But TikTok, that requires active video engagement that's um, a little bit more difficult than other platforms. Yeah. And, and it's interesting about TikTok. What I love actually about TikTok is that the videos aren't so pre-produced, so professional. I like how organic they are. But then that yeah. also is a challenge to produce a video that feels organic at the same time. Yeah, I think definitely it's also probably one of the difficult, more difficult things to translate as to uh, what fits in with university brand and, and it doesn't and what doesn't because it's so free, it's so different and it's like, you know, it's authentic. But mm -hmm. a lot of people look at it as like, this does not look like a university produced piece of content. Right. Or maybe like older administration might think that that's not professional or something like that. So it's hard to communicate to them that that's still a valid expression of the brand. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, Dr. Hashim. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I mean, you have a wealth of experience in higher ed marketing, um, and I look forward to connecting again in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great talking to you.